Good morning. Thank you for joining us for our Bible study time this morning. We trust that everyone's had a good week and we pray that um, you are doing well and you're not suffering too much during this time of pandemic. We look forward to the day we can be back together and worship and study again very soon. We're going to continue our series of lessons this morning in the book of Hebrews. We're going to finish up where we left off last week in Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll just break the surface on Hebrews chapter 12 in our lesson today. This is lesson 12 if you are following along in your book. It's found on page 122. The world did not deserve is the name of our lesson this morning, the title of our lesson. You know, the lesson, uh, a title that I like a little bit better would be The World Was Not Worthy. And we'll talk about the context of that statement here in just a moment from Scripture. And I hope that you will read along and study along with us this morning. Before we launch into our study of Hebrews 11, I want us to turn our Bibles in the New Testament book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to look at a couple of passages there, kind of to set the, the basis, set the, the stage for our discussion this morning. You know, the, the inspired writer Paul, writing to Timothy, that young preacher of the gospel, talks about here in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. I want to point out first in verse number 12. He says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So he's warning Timothy and us by association there that those who have a desire to live their lives for God in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We don't like to think about that, do we? But you know, the, the, we've, as we've talked about the Hebrews here who read this letter the first time, were suffering persecution and would suffer greater persecution before their life was over. They were being tempted to renounce Jesus Christ and their allegiance to Him. Paul goes on there to say in verses 14 and 15, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So again, Paul is, is telling Timothy there that, yes, you're going to be persecuted. Yes, you're going to suffer. But you have to continue. The same message is given by the Hebrew writer, is it not? And it's the same message for us today, I would submit, for our thinking. This idea of continuing, continuing to be faithful, is what we want to talk about again this morning. As we talked last week in our lesson, we talked about that Hall of Fame of Faith that we read about there in Hebrews chapter 11. We all appreciate that passage. We appreciate and think about those people who are named there, don't we? I'm going to talk some more about that this morning. But it's all in the context of God spoke, man heard, and man obeyed. That's what we talk about, or that's how we look at biblical faith, is it not? And that's what we want to continue thinking about this morning. Our author here in our introductory section says, Scripture contains the stories, and I want to pause there for a moment. 
You know, oftentimes we use that word stories and people, uh, people who are not scholars of the Bible oftentimes think of fairy tales, fiction novels, and those sorts of things. We don't use that word story in a derogatory, flippant manner. We just use it because it's, I guess it might be the best word to, to fit in that, in that description. But we can also use the word account, biblical accounts of these individuals. So it's not stories from the aspect of it's untrue, but they are very true. Scripture contains the stories of men and women who heard and responded to the demands of God. These obedient individuals stand as examples of biblical faith. You know, God continues to deal with man on the basis of faith. He did in the Old Testament. He did during New Testament times. And He does now in this, the last days. He deals with us based on how we act, and we have to act in faith. As we made mention of last time, acting faith is saving faith, period. When we obey the doctrine set forth in the New Testament, we display faith which is in Christ Jesus. As we made reference here in our reading in Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul wanted Timothy to learn from and follow the examples of the faithful. You know, have you ever wondered why passages like Hebrews chapter 11 are in, this, are in the Bible? They're for examples, aren't they? Paul would tell the Roman Christians in Romans 15 verse 4, these things that were written before time were written for what? For our learning, right? We gain comfort also, I think, by seeing how God faithfully rewarded these individuals who obeyed His word. We can also develop hope, our author says, when we realize the end intended by God is greater than man's circumstances here on this earth. It should give us hope. It should give us courage when we realize that our reward that's waiting for us reserved, as Peter would say, in heaven. To, to endure temptations in this life, to endure persecutions and difficulties and hardships because of our faithfulness. He goes on there to say, at the same time, the examples recorded in Scripture help us avoid the mistakes of those who have gone before us. You know, one thing that I appreciate with these Bible accounts, these Bible stories, so to speak, of these individuals, you know, if you examine each one of them, they're just human. They're flesh and blood, just like you and just like me. They have good times and bad times. But because of their obedience to God, they were counted among the faithful. We can be as well. Paul would tell the Corinthian brethren, this is recorded in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 through 10. Now all these things happened to them. He's talking about the Israelites and the things that befell them because of their disbelief and unfaithfulness happened to them as examples. What's an example? An example is something that we can look at and if it's something that's positive, we can emulate that in our lives. Or if it's something bad, we can do our best to avoid that, that thing, whatever it is. Happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. He goes on there to say, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. We must learn from both the faithful and the unfaithful examples recorded in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, 
verse number 23 that we talked about a few weeks ago. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he, that's God, who promised is faithful. That's the only thing we can count on, isn't it? God is going to be faithful. And we can count on that. The Hebrew writer here reminded his readers of individuals who responded to God in faith. And that's what we talk about there in chapter 11. They had great reward. Our reward is great as well. So let's break down this text into its various points here. <clears throat> I will submit to you up front, there's a lot of text here. And we probably won't have time to do uh, it justice in the short time we have together this morning. But I would encourage you, as always, read this text and study it this week that you may be, you find application in your life and be a stronger and better Christian because of it. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. He entitles this section, The Faith of Moses. 23 through 29, Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of, the, of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. You know, we talk about Moses, and we hold him up as a great man of God, right? And rightfully so. Remember, the first readers of this, this letter would be very familiar with Moses. As we talked about last week with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were, that was the, the heroes of, of their faith from, from childhood. And Moses would fit into that category as well. You remember there, though, the Hebrew writer, before he begins really talking about Moses' faith, he talked about the faith of his parents. How you remember the Pharaoh made a decree that all the Hebrew male children were to be killed. And we know the faith of his parents and the risk they took because they knew that that wasn't God's way. And they hid him. You know the rest of that story. And he was subsequently found by Pharaoh's daughter and raised there in the palace. Moses' own faithful actions are also recounted here in Hebrews 11. You know, his, his life can really be broken up into three distinct periods, each consisting of about 40 years each. And we know that the last 40 years of his life was in a difficult circumstance, leading the people of God out of Egypt into the land that God had promised all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 to Abraham. But rather than associating with the Egyptians and indulging in the privileges that he was afforded there as a member of that household, the scripture records, this is in Exodus chapter 2, 
he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. You know, Moses, you remember his nursemaid was actually his physical blood mother. So I'm sure she trained him in the way of God. And we're so thankful for that. His decision to suffer with the Hebrew people rather than engage in sinful behavior with the Egyptians, I think, is noteworthy. There would have been pleasures, but they would have been enjoyed only at the expense of disobeying God. Moses had a sense of values, didn't he? I hope that we have a sense of values as well, even though sin is attractive, sin is fun, and all those things that the devil the pictures that the devil paints in our minds and in our world concerning sin. Hope that we can look beyond those things and see what the true value is, the value of living faithful lives for God. As Hebrews 11:26 declares there about Moses, he looked to the reward. He knew there was something better through the eyes of faith. Hebrews 11:27 said he as seeing him God who is invisible. We walk by faith and not by sight, right? As Paul would would suggest to us. He led God's people from Egyptian bondage. He confronted Pharaoh. And that had to be a very difficult thing. He demanded the 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 release of the Israelite people. He also faithfully instructed the Israelites about the Passover and how to avoid that tenth plague, the plague, the death of the firstborn. So we see Moses, despite the difficulties, he did not turn from God. Surely this message of faithfulness and keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, in context of Moses, resonated with these Hebrew Christians who were being challenged in their faith. No wonder the text said of of these individuals who maintained their faith, the world was not worthy. Because of their faith, the individuals mentioned here in Hebrews 11 could look forward to an eternal reward. You know, Christians today have the opportunity to prepare for a similar reward, do we not? Jesus made this possible when he died on the cross. We see here the Hebrew writer hoped to prompt his audience to think of memorable events that they would be familiar with behind the names of these people so that they could live faithful lives and use them as an example as well. Let's look at point number two in our lesson. The section there is entitled, A Summary of Others. Hebrews 11, 30 through 34. Verse number 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and the prophets, excuse me, 
Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. So we have here another just a summary that the Hebrew writer gives us by inspiration there of others who were the stalwarts of the faith, other faithful individuals. He makes mention of how the walls of Jericho fell down. You remember in the context of our study in Joshua how the first real uh, formidable opponent that the children of Israel when they entered the promised land was the walled city of Jericho. And you know how God dis described or put out a, an unconventional battle plan. March around the city one time a day for six days, seven times on the seventh day, shout, blow the trumpets, the walls will fall down. You would not get a general in any military in any time since to follow that kind of ludicrous, in our minds, battle plan. But because of their faith, their obedience to God's word, we know what happened. They did those things to the letter, and the walls fell flat, as the scripture records. Israel acted by faith. You remember last week how we talked about things that oftentimes are supposed to be impossible, like walking on water and those sorts of things. But when we believe that those things can happen with God's help and through God's working through us, that's what faith is all about. It didn't make sense for the walls to fall down doing those simple things. But by faith, they acted. And by faith, they were successful. Like the children of Israel, Rahab acted by faith when she had received the spies. She wasn't commended now for her lie, but she was commended for her faithfulness and her risk. She knew the power of God and she knew that was what was motive, what motivated her behavior noting that others here that were displayed similar faith the author of Hebrews added what more shall I say he goes on there he says time basically time will not permit to continue this cataloging of these individuals because there's so many he talks about some of the judges, Gideon and Barak and Samson and others. He talks about David and Samuel and some of the prophets and those sorts of things. I think he was trying to prompt his audience to think of memorable, memorable events behind these names. The list of mighty deeds that follows would call to mind a whole host of those who lived faithfully before God, even in difficult situations. By examining what each individual was able to accomplish when living in an obedient way, we see the result of faith. The last point in our lesson this morning, point number three, a cloud of witnesses. We'll pick up our reading there in Hebrews 11, verse 35, and we'll go through chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 11, 35. <clears throat> women received their dead raised to life again others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection 
Still others had trials of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony, how? Through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. What is he saying there? He's saying, yes, these people got, had a promise, but we have a promise too. We can count ourselves, if we are faithful to God, we can count ourselves in this number. And that's what should encourage us to continue to live faithful. Chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares or besets us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So what's he saying? He's saying, keep on keeping on. Make sure your priority is on, set on being a faithful child of God, regardless of the circumstances. You know, we're going through difficult times in our world, a global pandemic. It would be so easy just to give up, wouldn't it? Just to throw in the towel. We're not able to meet together in a physical setting. But yet we must still, as Paul would say to Timothy, continue in those things which you've learned and heard and continue to live faithful lives. A cloud of witnesses. Our author says, Other unnamed individuals are praised for their faith. There in Hebrews 35 through 38, many of these individuals suffered greatly, yet they refused to turn away from God. Despite their difficulties, they did not turn from God. Surely, surely this message resonated with Christians tempted to relinquish their relationship with Christ Jesus. No wonder the text says of these folks, again, unnamed folks in this section, the world was not worthy. The world was not worthy of the things that they suffered because of the life that they had decided to live. You know, today, I, I have friends and have acquaintances, many uh, church, church folks who've now gone on to their reward were great war heroes. They were folks who put their life on the line in battle in World War II and in Vietnam and in other places. You know, and I, and I think about these people, the ones that are still alive, when they see Americans burning flags and when they see Americans spitting on the things, the principles, the freedoms that they fought for and many gave their lives for. It hurts my heart because the world, those people who make up the world that are doing those things are not worthy. They don't deserve the sacrifice that many of our veterans and others gave. And I think today here in this context as well, the world is not worthy, but yet we have to show the world that living for God is a worthy way of living. It is really the only way of living if you want to be happy and successful in this life and have a hope for eternity. 
Because of their faith, these individuals mentioned in Hebrews 11 could look forward to an internal reward. Christians today have that same opportunity. Jesus made this possible. Christians must not give up. Others have persevered in faith, and we can do the same. As we close this morning, I want us to consider, as you study this week, maybe you'll reflect back on these passages, some questions. These are in the discussion section. What does this chapter teach us about the value of the Old Testament? You know, you've heard me say before, I love studying the Old Testament because therein you see God dealing with people when they were obedient, when they were disobedient, how He dealt with folks during those times. You don't really see that in the New Testament. The color, the in living color, so to speak, in Old Testament, I think enhances and enriches our study and, and our desire to live faithful lives. Question three says, why do you think the author of Hebrews mentioned the difficulty of the faithful? Why do you think he made, made mention of the faithful? Well, I think part of it is because they remained faithful and they endured. That Again, that should give us hope. And question four I thought was interesting. What should Christians do after studying these examples of the faithful? I think we should be thankful for those people. We need to be thankful that God, through His divine providence, recorded these things for us in Scripture so that we can be reminded of these things constantly as we study the Bible, that we can endure, we can remain faithful even when things get difficult. We can look for that reward in heaven when this world is over. Thank you for studying this lesson with us. As we close, let's, let's pause for a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible in its entirety. Pray that we would never take these things for granted, but study them daily. Make application in our lives and be reminded that, that there's a need to continue to be faithful because we look to that reward that you have promised us in heaven. We're thankful for the Saudi congregation. We ask that you'd be with us, especially now while we're apart. Be with our elders, our deacons, our ministers, and for all the members that make up the body of Christ. Help us, Lord, to desire to live lives of faith, to desire to live for you regardless of our external circumstances. Help us, Lord, to find joy in these things, even though they are difficult. Help us always look to you for strength and guidance courage that we need to continue being your people. Forgive us when we fall short. Be with those who are, are sick. Be with those who are not doing well, those who are less fortunate with, than us. Be with those who are lost, Heavenly Father, that they would have time and opportunity and desire to learn your word and obey it so that they can be counted in that faithful number as well. We ask all these things in Christ, our, one, our wonderful Savior's name. Amen.